In breaking news this week, Labor leaves Liberals with landslide loss, lackeys let loose in Lyra, buildings blown apart in Sydney storms with miniature cyclones reminiscent of when cousin Tracy visits from Darwin, Queensland is on fire in their win against Victoria in the Sheffield Shield ahead of the first test upcoming against India. No, come on Dave, wrong fire story. There are 114 fires still blazing in Queensland as we speak. That's more than the number of spot fires in the Victorian Liberal Party. Resources Minister Matt Caravan Park criticised thousands of school children that marked, marched out of schools in protest of the federal government's lack of action on climate change, saying they'll just end up in the queue for the dole. This is coming from the man who was behind Peter Dutton in line for the leadership for the Liberal Party. Welcome to Breaking News, the show here on Sin 90.7 FM that takes the news, kills the news and dresses inappropriately at the news's funeral. I'm Cass and I'm joined here today by our regular Alex. Hello. How are you going? I'm doing good. I'm very keen for what's been a, a fascinating week of news. Absolutely. There's been some real doozy stories. I'm keen to unpack them a little bit later on. But first of all, we have a disclaimer from Alex. <laughs> Yes, that is, of course, our warning siren just to let everyone out there know that this is a satire show. We're not taking ourselves too seriously. It's all just a bit of fun and let everyone enjoy themselves over the next hour as we do the show. What do we have coming up for us this week, Cass? Coming up this week, we have Dan is again the man. Leaky news. Not dead soccer players. Trunk pilots. Fraudulent coins. Getting a stitch. And ceramic painting parties. Last Saturday, Victorians ditched their normal Saturday routines in favour of one of the most sacred acts in Australia, eating a sausage from a local voting centre. Unless your name's Alex and you missed your democracy sausage. Shame on you. As the counted votes came through on Saturday night, the eventual result became very clear very quickly. Labor had won, Dan the Man had many fans that believed he could span an entire term. And whilst the scan showed a win for Dan, he couldn't have predicted that his plan would pan out better than a ban on wicked vans. He is Batman. On the other side of the ledger, the sly guy, lie guy, and now cry guy Matthew Guy was left lamenting the devastating consequences of what can only be described as a horrible campaign. I hope he's a three-ply kind of guy. The election had just about ended with Labor currently holding 53 seats compared to the Liberals' mere 24. We can only assume that the Liberal Party now know how Chernobyl felt. So what exactly went right for Labor? Well, to start off, the leader of the opposition was Matthew Guy, so the win was in the bag since Guy became opposition leader on the 4th of December 2014. Given the time period where he became leader, it could be said Labor winning the election was more of a sure thing than someone in Sierra Leone contracting Ebola. Labor chose to campaign positive chambers for Victoria, flooding the news with positive promises that ultimately pleased Victorians. The removal of 75 level crossings, funding for schools and hospitals, funding for TAFE, free ferry bed, and even practically guaranteeing jobs in Victoria's current and future infrastructure projects, which is some of the aspects of this election campaign that went right. And the result? As of now, Labor is yet to lose a seat that they held at the last election. I'm no maths genius, but if you already have a majority and you don't lose any seats, you'll win every election. One great story to come out of this election for Labor was Declan Martin, a 19-year-old Labor candidate who contested the seat of Brighton. Labor were not originally going to contest the seat, probably because it's been held by the Liberals since its inception back in 1856. To put that into perspective, the length of time that the Liberals have held that seat is 8.5 times Martin's age. But on a tiny budget, he almost won the unwinnable seat. He nearly went full Stephen Bradbury. In our circles, he's the man. And what went wrong for the Liberals? Well, to begin, their leader was Matthew Guy. So they had the election loss in the bag from the 4th of December 2014. 
Mr Guy was caught facing the opposite direction, taking aim at the safety of Victorians, remodelling the production of power with coal power plants, removing an effective drug management method, and raising questions on scandals in the Labour Party to try and bring them down. Not even Daniel Andrews' pro-level crossing removal attitude could fix that train wreck. And now we must say bye-bye-bye to Matthew Guy-Guy-Guy. Matthew Guy has since resigned from the Liberal Party after realising he's not the most popular guy around. That award goes to Guy Sebastian, and we like it like that. Or it could go to Guy Pearce, or Guy Fieri, or Larry the Cable Guy, or that Ryan Guy, or the unnamed producer Guy. Okay, maybe that was a bridge too far. Anyway, the battle scars were too deep for Guy to continue leading the party. I think it says enough for itself when the Liberal cuts Guy gets cut. His face still appears on the website as leader of the opposition above David Hodgett, who, I might say, kind of looks like a little creepy with his unnecessarily wide-open eyes and half-cocked forced smile. Although I guess if I was in a photo shoot with Matthew Guy, I'd probably do the same. Who looks likely to replace Guy? Michael O'Brien seems the most likely candidate, albeit his resume appears to be worse than Guy's, something no one knew was actually possible. For instance, O'Brien contested the Liberal leadership in 2014, and he lost to Guy. So how good can he truly be? On the bright side, O'Brien sees leadership. In fact, he's held many important positions during his career, like the Shadow Minister for Gaming. Now, you might think that this position is bogus, but at least O'Brien tried to make significant changes to the sector. For instance, in 2011, the Victorian government proposed changing the Gaming Regulation Act to make it an offence to insult O'Brien. The opposition, Labor, responded by calling him Windscreens O'Brien, because this proves he's got a glass jaw. Talk about meaningful work. From that, we can only assume Brian's first move as opposition leader will be to make it an offence to insult his home country, Ireland. Oh, and if you think he's a good judge of character, think again. He goes for Carlton, who you could argue had a more successful year than the Liberals. But the Liberals' problems run deeper than just local issues. A disaster of a year at federal level and subsequently in other states around Australia had cruelled any hope of any win in the Victorian election. To put it into perspective, Labor is now up in the two-party preferred by a whopping 10%, despite ScoMo being a more favourable PM to shorten by 12%. I mean, imagine if Labor had someone like Dan the Man as opposition leader. They'd blow the Liberals out of the water. ScoMo? No mo. This election was the perfect reminder to politicians of what Australian values are. Yes, voters are loyal and rarely change the party they vote for, but it can happen. What voters really want is a party who cares about their needs and wants and makes them feel like they live in a that's striving for greatness. A party who doesn't get bogged down in slandering its political opponents, but who lets their hard work do all the talking. There is now hope that we can return to a day where that is commonplace. Only time will tell. But for now, all we can say is thank you, Daniel Andrews. Danny, Dan, Dan the man, you've got a fan. It is time for Fake Interview. News Corp Australia this week leaked the salaries and redundancy packages of several senior staff to members of their own organisation in an incredible own goal. Here to address the risks associated with these being potential leaks is News Corp Australia spokesperson Leakity Split. Leakity, can you confirm as of yet whether this was an intentional leak by a staff member? Thanks for having me. We are currently investigating the possibility of this being a leak, but right now we are still trying to determine how the whistleblower gained access to the information, including the information that hasn't been leaked yet. So what information is there that hasn't been leaked to the media yet? Well, for starters, News Corp is actually run by a lizard disguised in a human costume whose diet wholly consists of marinated mayonnaise rat wraps. Are you saying that our country is run by reptiles? Well, we do have a track record of our Prime Ministers being snakes. Wait, wait. How do you know this information then if you aren't the leak? 
uh... That's information that hasn't been released to the public yet. Are you the leak? Okay, listen, I'm not the leak, but I can give you the story. For a price, of course. Excuse me, we are a respectable news agency. We don't pay for stories. We are not Channel 9. Yeah, we really shouldn't have merged with them. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, but only to clear my name. The public is waiting. Her name is Ruth Honesty, and she has the least integrity in the entire organisation, and that includes Andrew Bolt. Ruth Honesty is one of the most respected journalists in Australia. How could she have been the leak? She's only on the standard News Corp wage of 300 k a year. She needs the money. How much do they pay you? Once a month, they give me a $10 KFC voucher. So you have the means, the motive, and as a spokesperson, you have an opportunity to access information? I know how this looks, but I promise it wasn't me. Tell us, why did you leak the redundancies? I didn't mean to do it, okay? All those rich people just made me so angry. My finger just slipped on the keyboard again and again, and suddenly I'm sitting there lying in a pool of my own tears. If there's one thing we've learned in the sinking ship that is News Corp, there's a leak in this boat. There's a leak in the boat! Chuck, it's time for your world-famous segment, but Chuck, you're not here. So, Cass, instead it's time for your world-famous segment. This is Punching Down. Not dead soccer player. Imagine being so terrible at a sport, the whole league thought you were dead. Or worse, you play for Arsenal. Imagine training for hours and hours, pushing through the pain, giving it all on the pitch, only to find out wild at home, making a hearty bowl of Irish stew, that a minute silence had been held in your honour. That's enough to make you stop dead in your tracks. We travel to Ireland for our first punching down, and boy, is it a good one. Third-tier football club Ballybrack FC falsely reported that one of its senior players had been tragically killed in a road accident which postponed the match. Now, I'd sort of understand if a club not quite getting the story right, if it were a no-name junior player from a junior side which no one actually cared about. No issues there. But no, Spaniard Fernando Nuno La Fuente, a senior, was as helpless as a ghost in a washing machine as condolences from league officials and opposition clubs rolled in. That's a darn grave situation to find yourself in, I say. Don't look at me like that. It was those wee ball bags behind Ballybrack socials. They must have had a blooming field day using that line. I kid you not. They issued a letter apologising for the grave and unacceptable mistake. I tell you what, fellas. You lot are an unacceptable mistake. Fancy making death puns in your bloody letter of apology. I wouldn't do that over my dead body. Honestly, Ballybrack. You got me up to high dough. Save killing off main characters for Hollywood, you fools. I've played football with some tantalisingly terrible teammates who drove me up the damn wall every time I took to a game with them. So in honour of everyone who's ever wanted to throw their teammate down a 10-foot well, these insults are for you. You are about as useful as the number nine on a microwave. An elephant in a minefield could run more explosively than you. And finally, you trap a ball further than I can kick it. For those of you who actually still care about this bloke, he was right as rain. Or as right as the Liberal Party of Australia. Fake photos. Australians have been duped yet again as viral images of waterfalls flowing off of the Sydney Harbour Bridge have circulated the media. If you haven't seen the pictures depicting a hazy waterfall cascading off of the iconic Australian landmark, then kudos to you, my friends. And in case we'd all forgotten, these photoshopped images had already been created back in 2015. This year, we've added to our collection with online users inserting sharks into images of flooded underground subways. How stupid are we, people? How did it get there? Did it rain sharks to do 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 rain sharks to do 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 raining sharks? 
Essentially, we are conceding all we have are the memories of goldfish. For the rest of us with the intellect to actually match our age, we'll go back to flicking through our Insta feeds with our face masks on. That was punching down. You did a great job with punching down, Cass. Now, let's see, what have you got with what went wrong elsewhere? Taking off in what went wrong elsewhere this week, we travelled to Heathrow Airport where a pilot has recorded a BAC level 10 times higher than the legal flying limit. After he was found to have been consuming a certain cheeky bevy before flying out passengers, pilot Katsutoshi Jitsukawa recorded a BAC of 189 milligrams of alcohol per 100 mils of blood. Jitsukawa was challenged by his co-workers who were convinced the man was unfit to fly. Noting his glazed eyes and inability to stand up straight, he decided to run away to the toilet of the aircraft in order to gargle mouthwash before takeoff. He has since pleaded guilty, been sentenced to 10 months jail and has lost his job at Japan Airlines. I know it's never good to wing a breath test, but surely he knew it was inevitable that would all come crashing down eventually. Shady funds. I'm not sure if you remember, but last week on Fake News Quiz, we read a headline claiming an accountant had landed themselves in debt owed to his mother. The headline read, Local Sydney accountant racks, racks up 1.2 million debt, all owed to his mother-in-law. Now, whilst this was fake, an eerily similar case has emerged in Bermuda, where an accountant has actually stolen £50,000 from his own mother. This was on top of the £1.8 million he already stole from the Bermuda government. Seems like boats aren't the only thing going missing in Bermuda. He managed, over a two-year period, to illegally extort funds 52 times as he was the accountant general. The accountant splashed out with his newfound funds, paying off his mortgage, investing in 11 properties and buying two Mercedes-Benz cars. Hopefully he enjoys counting down the days until his release as the Cardiff Crown Court sentenced him to seven years and four months jail, plus a further 18 months for stealing from his mother. Stitched up. Running out of time, unfortunately, this week, we tie up our trip around the world in China. Over 250 runners were caught cheating the circuit during the Shenzhen Half Marathon. You'd think only choosing to run half a real marathon, these lazy buggers wouldn't need to take shortcuts. But regardless, the Chinese government has hit the pavement hard on cheaters who cut corners and those wearing fake bibs during the event. Bans have been handed out to 237 cheaters, sucking the soul out of what is normally a very successful event. Media outlets in China have urged participants to respect the marathon and respect the sporting spirit. Welcome back to Fake News Quiz. Alex, are you ready for another like exciting instalment for Fake News Quiz? I am very excited. I'm sure I'm going to get all of these wrong yet again. Amazing. This is my favourite part of the show, and we're going to kick it off by talking about the royals. Your first one. Prince Charles, back at it again, asks Indigenous folk if they speak English. <laughs> is Indigenous folk where? Somewhere. Like, because, like, Indigenous means, like, local too, right? The, Correct. Are we assuming the Indigenous folk of Australia? I don't know, not of Australia, but somewhere in his tour at the moment in the world. I mean, look, whilst it's a very Prince Charles thing to do, I don't blame him because he has to, like, communicate with them. So it's he can't walk up to them and say to them in Swahili, do you speak English? Don't you reckon, though, he'd be informed beforehand that the Swahili that he's about to interact with don't speak English? Yeah. With, like, an advisor or something? I don't know. It's Prince Charles. Like, we've got to set our expectations <laughs> nice and low. I'll give you the next one. Megan, Harry, Kate and Will leave Prince Charles's birthday party unfashionably early. I mean, 
here's this is the answer to this one's quite simple. I don't blame them. Like, <laughs> why why would you them? stay? Why would you stay any longer than you have to? If you're invited to Prince Charles's birthday, would you leave early? I'm not sure if I'd go. <laughs> like, uh, it's it's. I'm kind of torn because partially I'd want to interact with all of the like cool celebrities. Be mm. like, hey, Harry, Megan, you know, what's it like working on suits? And then I'd be like, oh yeah, we oh, yeah, Charles' birthday. birthday. Like, yeah. it's like they go to cut the cake and I'd like grab it and run. Do you <laughs> like, buy him a birthday present? No, no, no I draw the line. That's too far. <laughs> and your third one, Queen Elizabeth II openly admits she asks Prince Charles to be rude to people at events to make her look nicer. <laughs> <laughs> I so hope that's true. Like, I, <laughs> I don't think it is, but I, I so want that to be true. Um, if I'm going to trust my gut, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that um, Harry, and, Harry and Megan got in trouble for leaving early. And Kate and Will? Oh, sorry, and Kate and Will as well. Let's find out. Well done, Alex. You got the first one correct. They did leave unfashionably early. And I, again, I don't blame them either. See how much better I do when Chuck isn't around? <laughs> Let's see how smart you really are with this next topic, smart people. Child chooses to paint regular white plate at friend's ceramic painting party. (laughs) (laughs) That's where the ceramic plate now has come in. So, like, like actually, like, they've had the opportunity and they're like, yes, I will paint my my plate white. You wouldn't put it past a child to do that, though, would you? No, that is true, but, like... Generally, children are much more of the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> Loaded up colour. Colour spectrum in this case. Yep. Um, like, <laughs> they're just throwing colour on everything. <laughs> Texan man falls off cliff, breaks 97 different bones, and then accuses his three-month-late mother of attempted murder. <laughs> so his mother's been dead for three wait, months. Wait, what? <laughs> so, he's, he's, he's fallen off a cliff. Yep. He's broken 97 different bones in his body. Yep. He's alive and then accuses his dead mother of attempted murder. Murder. And she died three months before he fell off the cliff? Correct. How? <laughs> He's from Texas. I don't know. I don't have an answer. It's like Florida. It's, it's just, no, it is. Nothing is like Florida. <laughs> <laughs> nothing is like Florida. There was this, I'm going to make this just like a weekly segment where during fake news, I bring you guys a story of what happened in Florida this week. <laughs> there was a Florida police officer who got in trouble this week because it found out that he'd... Um, to try and up his um, county's crime rates, he'd started pinning crimes on just people with previous track records. And so, they, they, with literally no evidence or no nothing whatsoever, no, like, any kind of indication that this person had committed the crime, just to make sure that they had 100% conviction on crimes, he would just take random people with criminal records and say, yeah, he did it. I wish you could see my face right now. I'm in utter disbelief. <laughs> well, that is terrible. Welcome, welcome to Florida. Um, Someone needs to arrest that guy. That's that's poor form. Oh, I mean, you can't like, just go around abusing your oh, parents. No, no, no. I'm not. No, I'm not thinking about that. Oh, Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm still trying to work out whether a guy can blame oh. his dead mother for attempted murder. I was like, Alex, you'd be a terrible cop if you're thinking that. <laughs> um, is he thinking maybe that, like, you know? He fell because of a piece of gear or something that his mother had sabotaged on him. I don't... I'm trying to make this work, but it just sounds wrong. What, I'll let you keep one? thinking, but I'll give you the last one. Wedding photographer arrested for having sex in event space subsequently urinates on tree in front of police officers. <laughs> no, sure, sure, surely not. You don't like, want this wedding photographer, do you? <laughs> taking photos of all the wrong things. <laughs> <laughs> like... How bad could you possibly be at your job? 
Like, I know Tony <laughs> Abbott exists, um, but, like, seriously, your job is just rock up and just take just photos of take other photos. people. Like, I could do it with an iPhone. Like, it wouldn't be as good quality, but, I mean, come on, people. It's better than the quality he's dishing up. Um, what do you reckon? That does sound like something a person would do, though, whereas I'm concerned about the middle one. Um and remember, you've also got the child who chose to paint their ceramic plate white. Yeah. I, that just... Children... What if it was symbolic of something? Like, you know, not, the ideas and the notions of purity and innocence. And he wanted like, to envisage that in his art. It's like when you were a kid, did you ever, like, when that people told you to draw something... Yeah. ...and you were, like, you didn't really feel like drawing? You're just like, it's an invisible car. I never felt like drawing, <laughs> so I didn't have that understanding. But maybe you did. What do you mean it's an invisible car? So I would draw and I would show a blank piece of paper to a teacher and be like, it's an invisible car. <laughs> and they'd be like, you lazy. I was a goody two-shoes in primary school, so mine was probably like a Picasso painting. Didn't look like Picasso, but in terms of it took that long to like. No, I bet it probably did look like Picasso. <laughs> you just got have. eyes on the wrong parts of the face. Some legs coming up <laughs> off the head. <laughs> what um, do you reckon? I'm going to go... I'm going to go... Option C. Option C. Has Alex got it correct this time? You are two from two. This is incredible. You don't need chalk. I don't need chalk. You can do this Who's on your chalk? own. What? Who, what, what chalk? Did you say chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> your third category is flying. Delta Airlines pilot hits up passenger on grinder during flight. <laughs> I so please let this one be true. Like, could, is, is it even possible that he's like just like giving the guy a quick message being like, it's my break in 10 minutes, meet me in the bathroom. Oh, no. And it's like, I mean, this is the easiest way to become part of the Mile High Club. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I really hope not. And trust Delta to actually do this as well. <laughs> All right, your second one. Lion Air added back onto the EU's list of blacklisted airlines. Added back? Were they on it before? They were on it before. Jeez. June 2016, they were taken off it. Slap back on. There you go. So, so what? They got, they got a solid two years. Back on that list. <laughs> so it's like, it's like you know how in um in a lot of workplaces they have number of days since last incident? <laughs> so this is what Lion Air have like a number of days since last on blacklist. Yeah. They're like, oh, we got we got two years, people. Damn it. And then we lost a couple hundred people again. Damn it, we're back on the blacklist. I guess we'll be running in syndication on Channel 7 for the next seven seasons. <laughs> and finally, flying high. Budget International Air airline found ignoring passengers smoking recreational drugs in flight. Wait, how? How do you ignore them? Is a the guy just like walking up to like the, the door stoned as hell and he's like, yeah, man, how does this plane operate? So the way this one went, um, basically they'd press the little, the little button that turns on the light and goes ding so that the air hostess comes along um, and they just decided to, to ignore people who were smoking drugs and just didn't service them. <laughs> So, so they're, they're ignoring them. They're not ig ignoring the fact that they're smoking drugs. They're just ignoring them because they're smoking drugs. So they're. So what <laughs> happened when they got off the plane? Did they then arrest them or like? I have no idea. Make them pay a fine or some kind or. I didn't read the story. I looked at the headline. Maybe I was like, that would help. I was like, no, but I looked at the headline. I was like, that. That's enough. That's great. Oh, you give me some good options here. Run me through them again quickly. So Delta Airlines, um, the pilot hitting up the passenger on Grinder. Yep. Lion Air back on the blacklist. Yep. And flying high with the drugs. I mean, I can so see the Lion Air one being true. <laughs> <laughs> I just, <laughs> it's it, it's like in my mind, the Lion Air headquarters is like um, 
uh, it's like the what do you call it the um, nuclear power plant in The Simpsons. Yeah. Where it's like where Homer works, where it's just like everyone there is just useless. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you reckon? What are you locking in? I'm uh, for the sake of my my belief in the potential of humanity. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that a grinder, uh, a, a pilot, was on grinder at the same time as he was flying the plane. Alex is locking in option A. Has he got it correct? I can't believe it, Alex. This is the best you have done all season. Yeah. And Amazing. there's no discernible factors as to why that would be. <laughs> I thought we had you with um, the blacklist. That, that was very well written. Almost, that was absolute sucker. I was straight away, I was like, yes. <laughs> almost hook, light and sinker. Finally, our last segment for this afternoon is on Florida. We had to bring it back. There is just too much good content to not use Florida every second week. Okay. And have I just... Let me let me know. Did I spoil one of your Florida stories, or is this? No, have you got different ones? I've got different okay, ones. Good. There's so much content to go around. <laughs> Option A: Nothing happened in Florida this week. No, I can factually <laughs> confirm that. I can tell you this. I didn't think that was going to be a, a, a one that you'd fall for. Um, two Florida men stab ex roommate to death over PlayStation. Yep, that's Florida. Or is it bad Santa? Florida man acting as Santa arrested in shopping mall after letting his reindeer starve to death on roof. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please let that be so. (laughs) I mean, not that I believe in animal cruelty, but like... (laughs) The story in itself is amazing. What are you thinking? Oh, I just... I love Florida, you know, like... (laughs) It, it never fails to deliver. Like, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever read a story that's like, that, that begins with Florida man, and, and I've ever been disappointed by what follows. Me too. <laughs> um, I see. I feel like the 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 two guys stabbing a friend over um a PlayStation is just like it's too mainstream enough. Like that's too yeah. typical of Florida to be a story. Whereas the bad Santa one sounds much more like I'm going to be seeing it in a movie released in about four weeks time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to lean towards option C and I'm going to say bad Santa. That is a great movie plot. Alex, have you got four from four? Oh, you were so close. It was the PlayStation. It was the PlayStation? Yeah. Damn it. Too typical. Although if you're going to make a, you know, a short film production, this could be a plot you want to go with. <laughs> Yeah, no, you've, de- you've definitely sold me. Um, <laughs> before we finish out fake news this week, I want to I want to close you out with one other true story I heard this week, and go I don't, I don't know if this is one you heard, um, and it's partially a very sad story, but from my perspective, very funny, and it's because I have a very dark sense of humour. Yeah. Um, did you hear the story of what happened to the guy in Canada who killed a bear? Oh, briefly, really briefly, but fill me in. So, a guy who works as a trapper, hunter, and fisherman um, up in Canada um, was out hunting bears, um, and he was—he knew that there was a particular bear around, um, and he went out and hunted and killed this bear at it ch- as it charged at him. Um, and then, when he got home, he found out that the bear had killed his family. No. Not even joking. So he had he had a wife and a young daughter who was only um, a year oh or two old, old. And whilst he was away, um, they had like gone out for a, a they believed they'd gone out for like a brief walk, like in the surrounding areas, and they'd accidentally encountered the bear and the bear had killed him. This sounds like one of those messed up like original versions of like fairy tales. Yeah. Like the non Disney, you know, non PG Grimm rated brothers, ones. yeah. Yeah, the brother Grimm's, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So literally like don't don't kill wow. bears, people, because they will kill, kill your family. <laughs> That's the lesson we're learning this afternoon in fake new news quiz. Don't kill bears.
Thank you very much for listening to us today. That's our show for this week. Um, we're going to wrap up with all the usual things. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, on our Facebook page, where we will give you all the updates and post everything you're looking for. Alex, if you want to find us live, where can you tune into and when? You can tune into Sin 90.7 FM or on the Sin website. Amazing. Have a nice day. 